Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, the podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name is Chris Scott. My name is Atish. And in this week's episode, we talk about failure and quitting. Like, I believe in uh, playing to my strengths, but I also believe in doubling down on my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so there's part of my job that is that, that I have to exploit my like, or I have to call upon those skills that I'm weakest at in order to perform better at. But then I want to make sure I'm kind of taking care of both. Like, I'm doing the stuff that I'm kind of shitty at to improve on that and to get better and whatever. But then I'm also bringing into play the stuff that I'm best at because that way I can actually look good. Right. Exactly. Earn my keys. Not like a futz. Futz? Putz. Yuts. Yats. Yats. Yeah. Cuts. Nope. Uh, I was trying to think of another one, but I'm, I'm blanking. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. That's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's where I've been at. That's where you've been at recently. What's, what's new with you? Um, I've been putting off announcing this murder mystery night on the internet for real for some reason. And I think it's because I'm waiting for someone to magically show up with money for me to make the next short film. And I don't want to start the next one without having money in place because I want to pay people for the next one. Mm -hmm. And it's not a huge amount, not a huge number, but it's not a small number and it's not something that I kind of want to pull out of my back pocket either. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been hesitant to make everything official, official. And by official, I mean event on Facebook official. Right. You know, going to a venue and setting a date official. But I think I'm just going to have to. And then everything will just fall into place, right? I mean, ideally. I mean, I think that's usually how it goes with me. Usually I say I'm going to do something. And as soon as the date is set things kind of just fall into place. That's what happened with this last short. As soon as we set a date, it kind of just happened. You, well, that was sort of the thing that that you had been talking about it for a while. And then, um, of course, I was out of town. Bless you. Oh, Jesus. Um, okay. Um, and then I was out of town. And then all of a sudden it was done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it kind of seemed like there was a slow build and then boom, like lightning struck and then it was, it was completed mm-hmm. and sat, what would you say? More than satisfactorily, right? Yeah, it was, it was done well. I was really happy with how everything's looking. Um, have you done like edits on that and everything? Uh, there's one scene edited. Have I shown it to you? No. Oh, okay. I guess we can show it to you right now for the next 10 minutes. What? We'll just add a 10 minute pause right here. <laughs> And then we'll come back and then we can discuss. The first and we can thing. discuss, yeah. So let's just have 10 minutes of dead air right now. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, break out into discussion groups. And we'll be right back. Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. That's yeah. Uh, so, so that's kind of like procedurally working its way along. Um, and in terms of like, let's just say you had the money for this next, next short. Mm-hmm when would you be able to shoot it by? Like, is that the only thing that's in the way? No, another uh, 
filmmaker here in town is trying to make a feature film and we want to use some of the same crew and so schedulings are kind of schedules are getting kind of oh yeah yeah mixed up there and i got some potential work coming my way which might mess up the schedule some more so it's like uh if it's done either in june or july we're golden for september Mm -hmm. yeah it's looking like it's going to happen in july but i wanted to do it before monsoon season started here because there's a lot of outdoor stuff yeah and when it's monsoon season here in tucson we all know how that is yeah unpredictable it's unpredictable or it's very predictable and it's gonna rain from three to five yeah you know or it's gonna be a really big rain for a whole day yeah and then you're screwed for the whole week because everything's all muddy do you have any shots that require rain no yeah shit wow and i wouldn't want and also uh cicadas happen yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. and that's just annoying Mm -hmm. so so you've got some like obstacles still in the way on that and yeah well i know that they're there but and the further we push it back you know, it's just going to, those are just the things I'm going to have to worry about. Yeah. And so that's just scheduling a couple extra days just in case things get rained out or something like that. Mm-hmm. So what's your fear about putting it online? Uh, not coming up with money for the second one and not being able to make the second one. And then thus not being able to Do hit your night. deadline. Right. Yeah. 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 See, I'm, I'm also part of the tribe that I believe like, oh, I want to have all my ducks in a row before I announce anything or before I do anything. But it kind of just doesn't work out that way. No, it never works out that way. Yeah. And I I would think that that's like mostly like, oh, small details, like, you know, whatever. Like, um, for instance, that, that tequila event that you recently worked on, mm-hmm. I guess we could call what I did work. Yeah, I guess you could too. Um, I won't. <laughs> But I guess one could. Uh, but yeah, um, like there was supposed to be a charity involved and there was all this kind of stuff. And then last minute they dropped out. And so it kind of became ambiguous how things were going to work mm-hmm. still and, and all that kind of thing. So it's like even if you do have things set in place, because it was it was when things were all set in place, then a Facebook event was created and like all this kind of stuff. But even when those things were in place, there was no guarantee that actually that meant anything at all because it didn't. And it ended up, you know, immediately going away like that. So then just having to restructure on the fly. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a good question and it's not exactly clear. I think in this case, because there's like so much that is still in flux because it's not just the money, but it's also then making it being able to edit it, have those deadlines, schedule conflicts, whatever. It's like there's so, so much in flux that maybe it's not best to like put it out yet. But then but then that creates the issue where then if you're not talking about it, then people don't know what you're trying to do and it makes it hard to raise money. Right. So, well, the thing about, for some reason, I've told everybody it's going to happen in September. Like I'm putting that out there. Not officially, but I'm telling people it's happening in September. Uh-huh. And so with that said, we have content and stuff to kind of promote the event till mid-July, I think, (laughs) with like behind-the-scenes videos that we have, we took for the first short with trailers and all this other stuff that we could do. Cool. But once we do the second video, then we'll have more to add on to that. Right. So it's... uh, So it kind of like, it'll end up closing the gap as time goes by. Right. So I think the sooner I put out that this is happening, 
that the first one is happening and create like a buzz and awareness about it, then maybe it'll be easier to yeah. find a sponsor or support for something like that. Well, and you don't do crowdfunding, apparently. I don't do crowdfunding. I don't. I tried it once, and it was. It's terrible. Yeah, it's it's not fun. Do sites like take some off the top, or what? What is? Oh that? yeah, every like Indiegogo, Kickstarter, they all take a percentage of your funds. Right, because otherwise they wouldn't host it. Like, right. Okay. Uh, Kickstarter. If you don't reach your goal, you don't get anything. So let's say you want to raise five thousand dollars, and you get four thousand. They don't give you that four thousand. But does it return to the... Yeah, it returns it to the people that paid or funded. In, in full value, or do they take some off the top of that? I, I don't know. I think it's like a PayPal thing where PayPal takes 10%, mm. and that's the fee that they keep. I see, yeah. So, yeah, you can donate 10 bucks, but you're really only donating nine fifty, and they keep the $0.50. Cents. Mm. Uh, Indiegogo has this thing where it's um, variable funding. So if you don't make your goal, you can still get your money back but they take a bigger percentage of that as opposed to if you make your full goal then they take a smaller percentage oh i see yeah hmm. it's just a weird thing crowdfunding doesn't work unless you have an audience of thousands of people well and also it's it's the right kind as well and i think that there's you know what i mean because like i can have all my friends on my facebook but if it's not exactly the right cause or the right thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean then it then it wouldn't play out the same way right so it's about having those true fans that we've talked about before yeah yeah if you don't have any a, a true fan base you can't just put it on an indiegogo a kickstarter page it's like a facebook page basically where that explains your project and just expect money to roll in yeah. i don't think there's people that really scroll those pages just to find out where to give their money i don't think that really happens in a in a weird like kind of related have you heard of this guy i i don't know i'm not going to remember his name which is frustrating because now it's going to be really difficult for me to find him but it's like something trying to get on the late show or like some do do you know who i'm talking about i have no idea what you're talking about there's some guy um with ptsd who is basically like leveraging social media to try and get on the late show with Stephen Colbert. Okay. And like, I don't know. I, I skimmed this. I seriously, like, this is not something I didn't think I'd actually have to talk about it or like have to, I mean, I guess I don't have to, but I didn't, uh, I didn't do more than like a cursory, you know, whatever, but it's like, I wonder if he's bringing attention to PTSD and that's why he wants to be on the show or if it's just his personal dream or both. I'm not really sure. Uh-huh. But uh, but basically he like it's so much that it showed up on my feed and it's like I'm not related to any of this at all. I'm wondering where I can find this. Oh, I know exactly where I can find this. Google. No. And and Google what exactly? Guy who wants to get on the late show? Yeah, man with P- PTSD says Stephen Colbert saved his life and now he's on a mission to meet him. Oh, you found it? His name's Ron Blake. He's 48. Oh, yeah. He was on Inside Edition. Blake at Blake Late Show. Mm-hmm. That's all I, I that's Google. That's how Google works, man. Well, no, okay. I mean, I, I think we should have, you know what? We got, we got to forget you, uh, hiring what we got to hire an intern who just looks up stuff while, while we're podcasting. Oh, throws it up on that screen. Yeah. That, that we don't have. It's behind the reflector. 
Oh, yeah, so it is. Or we've got these whiteboards over here. They could just write it manually. Also, we're rarely in the same room nowadays. That's true. This is an anomaly. Um, unless I move into that that small middle room there, then we can always be in the same room. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, have you considered doing something like that? I'm trying to, I would have to figure it out. I'd have to find that twist to make it. Right. That's, I don't know. There's this whole thing about. Because it's like, I I completely understand where you're coming from because that's a lot like me. But that's the danger in being a lot like me is that you're trying to um, like direct everything or you're trying to, you're trying to like uh, curate how this goes and how this arc goes and how you're going to raise this money and how you're going to do whatever. But it kind of doesn't like, like maybe that's the secret behind the secret. I, I I hear what you are saying. <laughs> I hear what you are saying. I don't know. I guess I do have this, I guess I would call it a fear of being a, like a viral sensation. You know, like I have these, there are certain titles that I'm just afraid of. One is being a YouTuber. One is being a viral sensation guy. Mm, yeah, yeah. One Some, is riding being, a tidal wave, yeah. Uh, yeah, something like that. Because I feel like people that get to ride that wave for 15 minutes, that's all they got. Right. Then they can't, they try to replicate it and then they can't really replicate it. Right. Uh, or they figure out a way to keep it going for 30 minutes. And then at the end of that 30 minutes, everyone's like, uh, next one, please. Because mm-hmm. this is only supposed to last for a day. Yeah. I mean, how many of those can, you could probably name off a hundred of those. Oh, a ton. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And I just, I don't know. I do have that fear of being a thing for 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But it w- also would be nice at the same time. Yeah, on the one, on the one hand it would like help your immediate goals, but I don't think it helps the long term. Right. So if I'm if I wanted to let's say, you know, get a million views on one video on YouTube, I feel like if I focus my energy on that and creating that video, I could probably do it. Yeah, a, a man getting hit in the crotch. Something like that. Yeah. And but being able to uh, develop a fan base that wants to see all the videos I make mm-hmm. for uh, a price for wanting to to buy it to pay for right, it, right, right. That's different than yeah, that's a quick, a, easy sensation. Yeah, yeah. It's not something that's just like a, a something that got posted on Facebook or like uh, you know, and and people are just like watching, 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 but like not actually like. There's so many videos on Facebook or like any of those things that like you watch it and then I never return or I never like go investigate that channel or that, you know, right. never what that is ever. It's just, it's like a, it's scroll through. It's just scro- and it scrolls automatically. You right. click, you find a video randomly that you want to see on Facebook. You hit play. It plays for three minutes and then it queues up another one. It's like, is it sound interesting or not? Yeah. And it's from a different channel. It's from a different person, but you never click to subscribe. I, I never click to subscribe to those pages. No, I'm only subscribed to CinemaSins. Although the uh, lady that is going to edit uh, the first short, mm-hmm. she showed me her Facebook feed, and all she subscribes to are meme pages, where they just make <laughs> memes all day long. So when she's scrolling through Facebook, it's hilarious, because it's all memes. It's all funny stuff. That gets so taxing to me, though. I'm in, like, okay, so this is this will be semi-tangential, but no. I want to I wanna put the kibosh on this right now on memes or on 
no memes are great whatever but uh people who in group chats just post a whole bunch of private meme pages so then now i have to go subscribe to that feed just to see that one post and now my whole feed is all memes and that's not what i want at all stop being fucking selfish and take a screenshot and then send that in if you must are you done that i'm done okay but i think that's the thing about facebook is it's now getting to the point where you can control what you're seeing in your feed right and you don't want to see memes no you just want to see sad stories about i don't know um that that chinese new year commercial i first saw that on right. on facebook and i um, i will continue to on banking commercials from thailand yeah i know it's <laughs> <laughs> they just make you want to cry yeah but they're so good so it, it's it's a, how you avoid coming off like that but at the same time gaining this right it's kind of like how i for the longest time i never put up any commercial work that i did because i never wanted to be i never wanted to be known as a commercial guy right you talk to anybody locally everybody's like hey this former production company and the only thing they want to make are commercials or videos for nonprofits and mm-hmm. all that other stuff that's not narrative that's not movies right things that people go to the movies to watch just a, just a different kind of vision right so it was I've always had I've always struggled with do I post my creative stuff or do I post my I don't want to what is the word commercial stuff It's a commercial it was, there's another word I wanted to use Darn it I totally forgot it Either way I always lean towards the creative stuff and it never really got me anywhere but I never really I was always like half step in everything Mm-hmm. Because yes, I needed to do commercial work to get money, but also I want to do this creative work that I can't get money off of unless I put lots of money right, into it. Right. But yeah. if I don't, I can't get money without working. And so it's creating this like sort of cyclical. Right. So uh, nowadays, I feel like if you do something big, I guess I am trying to do my fifteen minutes of fame with the uh, murder mystery night. Right. But uh, I'm trying to put a twist on it to where it's not just a quick little thing you can click on your phone. It's an event you get to go to created by a local production company that created narrative films for you to watch and then building up a fan base that way Mm. as opposed to making a short film, putting it on YouTube, getting a million views. But who knows who those million people are. Right. And if anybody of importance would watch it and how much weight does that hold yeah in the real world if i were to go to hollywood to try and make a hollywood movie right you know what i'm saying yeah does it actually translate right yeah i mean i think and i think that's tapping into something that um is a little bit difficult because i think what people are like it's hard for me to actually pin down what people are attracted to these days Uh because on the one hand part of me thinks that it's like part of what people are very much into and what they're paying attention to these days is a representation of truth like um i'm not 
just the the product or like I'm not this trailer that I put out or or you know whatever. It's like here's all the stuff that I do that makes this trailer happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why you see success in lots of these avenues. But at the same time, that's like completely counterintuitive to a lot of the people who are essentially like memes or or characters of themselves who are famous on YouTube or on you know whatever that that are like you know like this kid who plays video games and makes a ton of money right right but he's a character like he's he's doing something that's not like actually representative of what he's trying like there is no cart or horse it just is right whereas if you're trying to make a movie and it's kind of like like I'm I'm thinking about the people who I follow on Instagram or like on YouTube or anything like that it's all like oh this is procedural and this is thought out and this is like how I make this stuff and this is how I do this stuff and and that's like what I like in that is almost this weird voyeuristic like I feel connected to their life mm-hmm. in a weird way but that's not really necessarily how this works like I it's it's like that's how I feel, and I know a bunch of other people feel that way because a bunch of other people follow this person and fund this person uh-huh. and subscribe to their Patreon or, or whatever. But it's not really clear cut that that's actually how this works at all. Right. I remember when I was a kid, the people we would look up to were characters, like cartoon characters or movies, not movie stars, but like characters in movies. Uh huh. And they were, you know, just heroes that we would kind of follow but nowadays it's some kid on his laptop playing video games right that get all the following and that's it doesn't feel genuine anymore right like nothing really feels genuine anymore yeah and no one really feels charismatic i don't know charisma i think is a big thing that i've been missing well in a weird again semi-tangential but this is why i thought I was going to not like that Star Wars movie Solo. Uh-huh. Because I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just, like, I am I was literally getting paid to watch it. Right. So I was like, oh, you know, okay, I'll go do it. But, like, I'm not going to, you know, whatever. But I thought it was actually kind of, like, it, it wasn't a work of art by any means. But it was kind of cool in the sense that it gives you just this, like, it's not related really to any of the other Star Wars stuff, but it gives you this background on this character that's like, oh yeah, this is w- why he is the way he is, and this is also just like how like life works. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what I like. That's what I like in these people. Like when you expose me to lessons from the screenplay or like nerd writer or any any of those kind of stuff, it's like the people that I follow on Instagram are people who make movies or people who make TV shows or that kind of stuff. But it's kind of more procedural. It's like, Oh, here I am at the set. Like I'm trying to do this or like, Oh, do do you have like writer's block? I do. And this is why I use this particular application to help me with that or, or, you know, whatever. It's just like, it's an actual person doing stuff, not just like a character who, who's in a vacuum. Right. So I don't know. It's, it's, I understand that approach, but at the same time, I think, Maybe that's kind of the, like when I said the secret behind the secret, maybe that's kind of the thing. It's like, you know, they say like, oh, you need to put your intentions out there and you need to do whatever. It's like maybe just like being a little bit more aggressive about it would would kind of like start to press on on like, hey, look at, look at this. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Like, look at this. Look at this movie I'm trying to make. I'm trying to make this movie. Like, do, do, you, do you know what I mean? I, I, I know what you're saying. I don't know. I don't know if pushing... Because it's like, how did this uh, Blake Late Show 
guy, I mean, how is he building any traction at all? Because he has a story to tell and he has a goal and that's about it. Right. You know, it's not like there is anything like you have a story to tell and you have a goal. That's true. I guess that's that's the thing that I, I don't want to share is the story because it's opening up yourself, I guess. Hmm. I mean, but, if anyone gets that, I do. But yeah. But also, th- does it have to be your story? Does it have to be your personal story? Or can it be the story of some character that I'm creating that I'm trying to get out mm. there more? Mm-hmm. But do people really connect to those characters anymore? I mean, I think yeah. the only reason why there's a Han Solo movie is because of money. Oh, yeah, totally. And I think they also have to use the rights a certain amount of times or else the option expires. Right. Of course, there's always some silly contract agreement like that. But I think I think if there was a 30-year-old Harrison Ford today in that movie role, that movie would have been 100 times better. Definitely, 100%. I mean, not saying that old old aldrin old ulrich old I, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know or i can't say his name did a bad job i don't think the writing was bad for his character i think there's just he just wasn't charismatic enough or he didn't have like the things that harrison ford has that right, more, right. movie stars don't have anymore yeah so i guess i need to find that thing out in me to project out on my social media storytelling Right. Well, see, that's and that's kind of the thing, whether it's because um, I know it's it's so funny that we made this weird connection here because uh, Han Solo is also often used as like an example for uh, like the, the pickup artist community. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, you know, a lot about the pickup artist community. I do. I, I read the game. I'm not ashamed of it. No, no I, I have it. In, it's in my bathroom. <laughs> No, now I'm trying to think about what actually is in my bed. But no. It's uh, principles and the game. <laughs> okay, first of all, don't put those two books in the same category. They're the only two books I own. Principles is great. I, own, I read three books four times a year. Principles, the game, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> I, I don't think I've reread the game. I read all of them in the bathroom and I never forget my towel. Uh, yeah, don't forget your towel. Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. Like, uh, it's it's the it's the blind belief almost that you have the solution, that you have the answer. That like oh no, this is this is, you know whatever, and that's like the one that's kind of the thing that neurotic people such as yourself and myself can't really capture. But it's like that's that's the thing. Like you have the answer. Uh-huh. I mean, it, part of it is just believing it yourself. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. And you got to do it every day. Just believe in yourself. Yeah. It gets easier, but you got to do it every day. And that's the hard part. Mm. It does get easier. Man, this is, this is a, we've, we've switched roles here. I know. This is like, <laughs> I feel like you're giving me a, a pep talk. I feel like we're at the end of Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> and you're Robin Williams telling me it's not my fault. No. How many times? <laughs> we end up referencing that part of that movie so often. Well, no, this is why I suggested we should do a Freaky Friday episode. Oh, we, I think we should. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, then I'm not going to say anything more on it and we'll address it when I'll I start taking notes now. Perfect. Yeah, me too. Well, so this actually, uh, 
this is kind of something that was sort of rough. I think I texted you earlier this week or last week or something like that. Okay. Did I respond? You did. Okay. To, to your credit, you did. And I was talking about just, you know, um, not overtly, but I was like, when, when do you think you've exhausted your options or have you ever really exhausted all your options? When do you, do you want to quit or do you like, how do you do you, like, do you go all the way to the point of failure or do you just kind of, is there a point where you draw back and you quit or do you just keep like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something different? I mean, where is that kind of nuanced line? Um, where is that line? Yeah. That's always a, that's always a tough one to figure out. And I don't know. I feel like that's the thing that holds a lot of people back from actually accomplishing a goal. Right. I mean, if you are, they always say, if you're persistent, things will happen. Yeah. But also things sometimes don't happen. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that was kind of the thing where I, I had kind of this like crash and I, and I think the conversation that I'm now referencing, uh, was with someone else. No, 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 no. With your other friend, Chris? No, 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 no. I'm talking about, like, if I put it in exactly the same language that I was in in the text, you Uh would know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. But I'm specifically not. And also, I I think that the part of what we were referencing in that text conversation was part of what the conversation that we hopefully didn't record before this. Okay. Do do you, is that jogging your memory? Uh, This is too vague. Um. Basically, I was just kind of wondering if in many aspects, but primarily like my career and stuff like that, if I was doing kind of the same thing over again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of feel like I'm just kind of doing the same thing over again. But how do you know when to like quit that cycle? Or instead of, um, I'm doing another visual thing. And this is such a bad format. He's to be making doing a, a tornado motion with his arm. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Spiraling. So, so it's of... like I don't want to be in a flat circle because then everything ends up just happening the same, and nothing changes, and you end up just doing the same things over again. Right. But you kind of like. So I wonder if I'm doing that, which is a flat circle, or if at each little decision juncture I make one decision better than I did last time, and so now I'm kind of I'm still circling because I get brought to the same decision points but I'm moving upwards at the same time. So it creates this upward spiral. Uh-huh. And now I'm making an upward spiral motion with my finger. Is your spiral getting wider at the top or narrower at the top? I would assume it's getting wider. Okay. Because there's more... There's more. I think you're hitting something on the head of the nail with the hammer. <laughs> That's such a weird way to put that. I spoke backwards, sorry. Yeah. The thing is... You, you it does feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Right. And that's when you get in a rut. Yeah. Because you're just re- rinse and repeat. It's just the same thing over and over again. And you're not really challenging yourself to get yourself to the next level. Right. Yeah. Because you're comfortable. And being in this comfort circle that you visually showed me just <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> is just easy. It's easy. And it's not scary. And it's just comfortable. And that uneasiness and that, that facing that fear is what is kind of holding you back from actually accomplishing that goal. Right. So do you think that this it's it becomes a 
recognition point. So if you if you recognize that you're kind of in this circular rut, then you have to be bold in order to kind of create that gradual upswing. But but you're saying it doesn't behoove you necessarily to quit or to think of like, oh, this was a failure. I'm going to stop down completely. Well, that's where that's that's the thing. It's not looking at it as a failure, but looking at it as a uh, trial. Like uh, this is my first run. I didn't get the result I wanted. Let's try it again. Uh huh. So you're going to try it again the same way. You're going to try something a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, did that work? Uh, it didn't work. I'm going to try it again. Mm-hmm. And so it takes people, you know, a hundred tries. It takes people one try, two tries. So it's 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 a. I think it's also a thing of constantly comparing yourself to everyone else and their successes. Yeah. We sit all day, I think, uh, looking up inspirational quotes or I don't know. Have you, I've noticed on my feed lately that people my age, maybe you'll, you'll understand this in like 10 years, but I've been (laughs) noticing on a lot of feeds on my social medias are people in their mid thirties and they're going through either a divorce or something like that. They're going through a rough patch in their life. They, they hate their jobs or whatnot, but they're always posting these inspirational quotes. And it feels like it's either a mask to hide how they're really feeling on the inside. Mm-hmm. It's like if I tell myself this enough, it'll just be true. Or everyone will believe that this is what is happening in my life. Yeah. Or I see people post, I just had it and I lost it. Oh, my goodness. Not inspirational quotes, but... um I don't know. Or, or uh, how, how many, you know, self-help books have you read about this or that or the other? Oh, yeah. So many. You know, you can find all this. You can find the right words to support your mindset and your belief that what you're doing is the proper path for you to take. There's so much information and inspirational videos and quotes and memes right, or whatever right. books. You can find the proper book to support every decision that you've made up to this point Mm -hmm. and say you're on the right path. But at the end of the day, it's you on the path walking it. And if you're only focused on what other people are telling you, what you should do, you're probably not going down your path. You're going down someone else's path. Well, and I I think it also takes away from the executive decision-making that you'll have to be able to accomplish in order to actually do anything. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's like, if that's, if there's an easy answer, supposedly Mm -hmm. in one of these books or in this, um, in this, uh, lecture or in this you know whatever if there's an easy answer there then it then it detracts away from your it's kind of like um in a really mixed metaphor but it's kind of like um getting help or even answers on the homework but then when you go and you have to take the test it's like you're doing it alone yeah and it's like if you didn't fucking learn it you didn't fucking learn it right yeah and we've talked about uh, I know, I know. I complain about kids these days and how they can just learn everything on YouTube. I know it makes you seem really old. And all these crotchety old people are like, "Oh, all these kids don't work hard for anything because you don't really have to." But I think you should do the work. I think doing the work is the part where you learn your story, where you define yourself more so than reading it in a book and following something step by step. Well, and this is kind of the the weird thing. Like, you know, I don't have. I mean, I have like normal regret like a normal person and stuff, but something that I don't think it's normal. 
<laughs> um, but something that, like, honestly, I do kind of believe. It's like you don't see it earlier, but it's like, no, like, if only I got into that process when I was younger. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, the idea that, like, no, I'm going to, like, actually try this, and then, like, it won't work, but I'll I'll just try it again. Like, that idea of, like, um, learning from those mistakes and, and that whole process, that, that upward spiral that we're talking about. Uh-huh. Like learning to enjoy that process, doing that at a younger and younger age will kind of like graduate you, hopefully, a lot quicker. Right. But there's also this thing where from birth, we're being, we're given a schedule by parents, by adults. You know, yeah. they try, they sleep train babies to sleep all night. You know, there's stuff, there's moments like that. There's kids that go to school from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Why do kids have to wake up at 6.30 in the morning oh, to go yeah. to school? Oh, yeah. I have an interesting fact about that, by the way. And then you've got, you know, you're in high school. You're allowed X amount of time for lunch, and you can leave campus if you want or camp, but you can only be gone for this amount of time. Right. And it's all regulated and regimented, and mm-hmm. it's all... Mm-hmm. So then one day it's all gone. And you can say, oh, I wish I would have tried this sooner, but you're used to not trying things because you're always you were always told what to do. So what do you mm-hmm. do as soon as you leave high school? You go... To college, maybe. Yeah. Get that four-year degree, because that's what all the, the people, the parents told you. You're going to college. You get that degree. Right. And I think that just, like, holds on to that structured and sequence then, a little longer. A little longer. Like, like less. Like, certainly less, because it's, like, my my whole day isn't completely planned out or anything like that or what I do with, you know, my extra time. But it holds on to that structure a little longer, because it's, like, well, I just have to go to class for a little while. And, and then I can do I'll, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I have to go to work for. I can go to work if I want during the day. Now I can do this and that, so I can make more money to do things that I want to do. Right, but it's still all structured, and you're kind of like slowly getting off the structure of high school, I guess you could say. Yeah. And then after that, what do you do? You get a nine to fiver. Yeah. So that's like this basic structure that everyone's kind of been. It's been jammed down everyone's throat. Mm-hmm. But then we've gotten to the point. I think nowadays where it's not. Uh viable to get a nine to five job anymore because there aren't as many as there used to be and they're also way less uh there's there's kind of a less firm trajectory in them Mm -hmm. than there used to be like it used to be like oh well i'm just gonna work at this company for 40 years and then retire right and it's like that does not exist that that like kind of economy that supported that does not exist anymore so i think we're in a we are in a, a state of this world where it's all about making a name for yourself but we're not really nurtured to do that unless you have hippie parents <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah no you're that's that's actually really really a salient point that because i think i'm in recovery from exactly that uh-huh. you know what i mean my whole my whole life i was with academics and the whole idea was that oh you go to college and then you do some more college and then you have a PhD and then everything's kind of taken care of for you. Then you then you do this research and you do that until you die and you know whatever. And so I completely am in the dark for how to do a lot of the things that I'm basically trying to do now. Uh-huh. And like I I didn't learn how to do a lot of that stuff. But the thing about oh if I had done it when I was if I had started this process when I was 18. But at the same time from 18 to how old are you now 39 i'm 26 26 (laughs) you got to live this life where you kind of deprogrammed yourself from 
the construction of yeah yeah if you had started straight out of high school mm-hmm. trying to do this entrepreneurial creative stuff right it would have been a different process you probably would have seen you would have probably done the work i guess in a workbook that yeah. you found at barnes and noble the one with the best pictures well how do you pick out books yeah i mean you saw the business book i picked out for us to talk about that one's actually really cool. I'm point. excited about that. I'm excited. That's going to be a good too. episode in the future. And then you just follow it step by step. But uh, there are people out there that know you need to kind of have a, like a life, you have to live a life to kind of bring that to. Yeah, that's that's sort of the thing is that I don't really see myself getting to the point that I'm at now any other way because th- then then the way things did happen mm-hmm. because like. And that's kind of where that bullshit, like, it's so frustrating to hear, like, oh, hindsight's twenty twenty, and all that kind of shit. And, like, oh, you just gain the experience, and you'll see in the future. That's obnoxious to hear. But it's also kind of true, because it's, like, I didn't see how things tied together as they did now. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, there were various points where I wanted to quit at different things, or I felt like I had failed. And so I wanted to just stop trying and start trying on something entirely new. But things wouldn't have kind of tied around the way that they did. Right. And in fact, even the job that I'm working currently, like now that I can kind of see how this sort of works, like this process of, you know, running at a goal, stumbling and failing a little bit, learning and recovering and then proceeding mm-hmm. and then doing that over and over and over and over and over again. Um, I can see how, th- because otherwise this job that I'm performing now just seems like a waste of it doesn't it doesn't seem like anything Uh not really related but i can see how this contributes to what i eventually want to do and even even what i eventually want to do is kind of reshaping me whatever like i think what was that um our last episode we were kind of flushing that out a little more about like what i wanted to do and who for and all that kind of thing right and it's like that's getting more flushed out as it is but um but but I can already see how this ties to that, like what I currently do and what I'm aiming to do. Uh-huh. And I think that if life didn't sort of happen the way that it did, and if I had quit at any of these quote-unquote failure points, that it wouldn't quite be that obvious. And so it, wouldn't, it would lack sort of directionality. Right. I mean, you've wanted to be in film for a long time, arguably. Arguably. Well, I don't know. It's kind of, I made the decision to get into film because it was the one thing I enjoyed when I was in high school. Uh huh. It's like, what do you want to be? What's the one thing you like when you, what are you going to go study in college? I don't know. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I just picked the thing that I enjoyed the most and it's still the thing I enjoy doing. So I'm going to keep on going with it. Yeah. And it really is that simple for you. It's that, well, I'm a pretty stoic guy. Yeah. Keep things simple. Yeah. Simple means. So it is that simple. (laughs) Were there any points that you uh, considered quitting on this? No. No. There really hasn't been a... uh, I do have these moments of... I have this thing where I tell people I'm going to quit and I'm going to join the post office. (laughs) And I never mean it. (laughs) <laughs> but the reason why I say it is because I do feel like I'm in a lull. And if I tell someone I, I'm going to quit and I'm going to join the post office, they always talk me out of it. Yeah. 
So it's something I, I it's something I use to prompt people to give me a pep talk. It's it's a, it's like a fail safe, like a yeah. yeah. And one day I might be working at the post office, and it'll just be really sad. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with working at the post office. I mean, thank you, United Parcel Service. Yeah, you're much much appreciated. Yeah, but I just think of like uh, Men in Black too when. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking Kay about. Kay was working at the post office with all the alien-looking like people that were actually aliens. But he didn't realize it because yeah. he had given himself that memory thing. Right. So that's that's what I do. To, when I feel like I'm in doubt or I'm going to give up, I tell someone I'm going to join, quit and join the post office. And then they're always like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> You're better than that. I, I think also the uh, contributing factor is, is kind of um, – Is that you? You don't really. I think the difference between yourself and your approach to your career and all that sort of thing, and a lot of other people's, is that you're you're not actually kind of pushing after the same kind of uh, mundane is not the right word because that's characterizing it way more negative than it than it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not pushing after the same sort of traditional goals and goal sets that other people have. Right. So that kind of makes it easier to just be like, well. And then on top of that, I'm not pursuing it in a way that people would, uh, you know, define as the norm. Yeah. I should have moved to L.A. by now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, know, yeah, I should exactly. have done this. I should have done that. So it's it's I'm trying to just make my own path and do things. Yeah. My way. I don't know. That's the thing I realized earlier, maybe two, three years ago was stop reading other people's stories and just start working on your own. Yeah. Crafting your own story. Yeah. And in a way, um, have I talked about Jocko Willink on here? Oh man. All the time, dude. Okay. I wasn't sure if I had introduced that or not, or if I had to give any background. Um, but that's kind of why I, I simultaneously like and, uh, and also I'm confused by his, but, but that's actually like, if there's an ultimate practitioner in stoicism, it's Jocko Willink. Uh-huh. Where basically he doesn't worry about the things that he cannot change. He just like changes the things that he can and just like works forward in that manner. And so it's like part of his advice really kind of rings true where he's just like, um, do you want to uh, wake up earlier? Wake up earlier. Do you want to quit eating sugar? Quit, eating, quit sugar. eating sugar. You know what I mean? Like he, and it's, it's sort of like, well, that's you're kind of oversimplifying the matter. But he's also kind of not. Like that's kind of the weird duality that he exists in. And uh, and when he talks about like mind control, he's talking about like not like you know any MK Ultra experiments where I'm trying to control your mind. It's literally I'm controlling myself. Uh-huh. I think what we're talking about, Tim Ferriss talked about on his entrepreneurial manic depressive chart. Do you remember that? Uh, I, I think I it's do. Like a transition I, curve. That's what he calls it. A transition curve. Right. So you're going up a slope. Mm-hmm. Just like on a roller coaster. And while you're going up, he calls it, uh, uninformed optimism. Ah, uh, yeah. You're like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. I mean, we're moving on up. I feel good about this. Or or even sometimes just having like an idea like, oh, that's what I want to do. Uh-huh. You know, you don't really fully understand what you're getting into or the nuances of it. Uh-huh. So then you get to the top of the hill 
right before it's scary on the roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when you're in the, he calls it informed pessimism. So you're like, it's just cresting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so that's when you're kind of hitting that, like, uh, almost, uh, realism, you right. could say. So you had this uninformed optimism and then you crest out on that. So that, that trajectory stops. Right. And you're like rocking there. Yeah. And you're like, uh, and then you go down. Uh huh. You go straight down and you're at the bottom of that first deep one where it's most scary because your stomach's in your throat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's at that tip, he calls that uh, the crisis of meaning. The crisis of meaning. So you tried something, you're uninformed, you're very optimistic about it. You get to the top of it, you have informed pessimism. You're learning some, it's getting real. Uh huh. Boom, you go down. Crisis of meaning. Was it worth it? Was it not worth it? Oh, I see. So, like, what you know, you're you're questioning, like, your process. You're questioning why you got into it in the first place. Why were you interested? Were you interested? Right. Okay. Like that kind of question. Or, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're at the bottom of the track. So you have two 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 routes you can go. Yeah. You can either go off the tracks and crash and burn. Yeah. Or you can start on the next incline. But on that next incline, on the way up, you have informed optimism. Because you've already tried it once before. I see. So it's a repeat process. So okay. in this world of being an entrepreneurial old person, <laughs> uh, not being able to speak English, uh, yeah, it's all about tries, trying. What am I trying to say? I think that that's a that's a that's a different. It's a X Y. Um, no, it's not. Stop it. No, 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 no. It, I think that is an XY axis explanation of what I was talking about, but I was using Z space. I was using th- the third dimension. Oh, because that's where we all live. Uh, well, in the I was, third I was, dimension. I was, I wasn't doing it purposefully. I wish I could say I was doing things purposefully, but I'm not. Um, but yeah, because you're either doing the same thing or you gently upward spiral. Uh, actually, they're not the same. Thing. They're not the same. <laughs> but I do like your spiral usage these are all these are all uh the point is you're gonna feel like you're gonna feel like giving up all the time Mm -hmm. all the time you're gonna feel like giving up and honestly i think i feel like giving up more often than i feel like i'm being successful but those successes feel more rewarding because of all the hard work it took to get to them yeah but knowing that it eventually it's going to happen or if it's worth it to you to keep trying it over and over again to finally get to some sort of goal that you've set for yourself, that's it's more rewarding than just sitting back and just following someone else's path. Right. That's just handed to you, and it's not. There's no reward in that at all. Right, and that and that's sort of the thing. Except like, you know stability and. Yeah, but but that doesn't. I mean, and and maybe this is a personality thing, but that doesn't really feel that good. Like I have stability now. I know how much my check is going to be every single time uh-huh. and I live off it and I'm doing well, I'm doing just fine, but that doesn't really, there's something ineffable there that doesn't, that does not satisfy. Right. It's like, I need that like constant growth and I need that constant never ending improvement. And I always need to feel like I'm pushing ceilings. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm not really happy about it. And I, and I think that that's what that kind of like, if you, are so uncomfortable with failure or even the possibility of failure, then you end up 
doing something which is worse, which is sequestering yourself into that kind of like safe, just like I'm going to coast. Right. And that feels kind of a lot shittier, which is hard to, because it's in the point where I feel like I'm failing or in the point where I feel like I should quit. I obviously don't feel that way. That's a temporary, just like how Tim Ferriss is talking about that, that roller coaster. Uh-huh. That's that temporary segment right there at the bottom, that crisis of meaning. Right. Where I have that temporary segment right there. And I just, as soon as that passes, it's like what they um, talk about in, uh, in uh, Navy SEAL training. You're allowed to go whenever you want. You just got to ring the bell three times. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people report having an almost because you, you like you can't think about how you can go any further. You're in the third day of Hell Week, and you haven't slept, and you're doing constant PT. Your skin is literally getting rubbed off just because you know you're getting wet and sandy all the time, and you're just like it feels terrible. And you're just like I can't go any farther. I can't go any farther. So then you go and you ring the bell three times, and so many people report the instant that they rang the bell they're like now why the fuck did i do that yeah you know i mean so you just have to like almost ride out that little crisis of confidence or what is it crisis of meaning right crisis of meaning crisis of con- confidence same thing i am sort of sure like ride that out for a little bit that's basically what you're and that's probably what your kind of stoic approach helps with mm-hmm is that you just like focus on the things you can change and you recognize things as feelings and compartmentalized you know, stages. Right. And if you can just ride out that stage just for a little bit, you'll be a lot more clear headed to be able to make executive decisions because yeah, maybe, maybe you should quit, but that's not something you should think about immediately right now. Yeah. Give it time mm-hmm. and then approach it right know, further on out. But I think the question you asked is how much time do you give it? I don't know. Hard to say. I don't know either. I've been trying for like 10 years now seems like a while but people's careers are 40 years 30 yeah. years yeah so and and it also some of like that's the thing it it to me and you know it does seem like a long time but it also kind of doesn't because right. because even just in the time frame that i've known you there's been like this burst of like progress and like all this stuff happening uh-huh. so it's just like no it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's the same thing at all yeah i mean it, it feels like it to me because I've gone it through it from phase one and phase two and phase three to where I'm at right now. Yeah, phase 56, yeah. <laughs> maybe 47, maybe not 56, 47. Yeah, that's a, that's a little more approachable. And uh, so it feels the same to me. But if you take a step outside of yourself and take a look at all, all the things you've tried and accomplished, I think that's when you know if it's still worth it or if it's still working or mm-hmm. if you're on the right path. And just do you want to try it this way or do you want to just let it go and that's yeah. okay to let things go too right I, I think that there is definitely a certain point that like you know when when it's going against your own self-preservation mm-hmm. i think that's a definite sign you know what i mean both physically mentally you know whatever when when it's going against your own self-preservation i think that that's definitely a sign that you know maybe at the very least a different approach you know don't don't keep banging their head against the wall yeah but short of that it's it's a little ambiguous but that's why i mean i think it has to be that way because like you said it wouldn't be as rewarding if it didn't come without the struggle uh-huh and it wouldn't be as meaningful 
So I think that that's kind of, it's purposefully set up that way in like a cruel kind of experiment sort of way. Yeah. But let's, let's like two minutes and talk about letting it go and why it's okay to let it go. Yeah. Uh, and give up on the dream. Mm-hmm. Because you tried it. You made that attempt. You move forward. So I feel like half the success of setting that goal is attempting it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might not achieve what you wanted, but at least you tried. Right. So you can't say, oh, I never did that. Oh, I wish I tried that. I think that's something You, as you get older, you learn about what real regret is. Right. I mean, you can regret not ordering that green chili burger. <laughs> I or do regret that. You can regret it. And so, but as you get older, you can be like, oh, I wish I did a mud runner run when I was, when I had good knees and didn't have these yeah. metal knees on me when I'm 56 or whatever. Yeah. I don't think people get new knees at 56, but they probably do. Uh, my dad just got a new knee and he's 68. Okay. So I was pretty close. Yeah. Close enough. So I, I think the thing about giving up on the dream or just letting it go, it's not a negative thing. It should be a, a positive experience for you. If you're not feeling good attempting to do these, to get to your end goal over and over, if it doesn't feel good, if it feels like you're just working yourself to the bone and it's just this, it's not fun anymore. If it's not enjoyable anymore, that's when you just got to say, you know what? I tried and something's telling me this isn't really what I need to be doing anymore. And, And there can be something enjoyable in that alone. Right. Like as much as I, because that's the thing, as much as I bitch and kvetch about my personal progress, mm-hmm. I actually am enjoying it. Like even when it's the struggle, I'm enjoying it. Right. So there is like value in there. So that's, you know, but if there's not, I mean, what else is there? What else is there? I mean, not to, not to get too philosophical and open-ended on this, but this is kind of like the, you know. Informed optimism. Informed optimism. Or whatever this was. I totally forgot what that was. This was, we'll get into that. Another day. Over some beers here in a second. Um, but no. Uh, I, feel, I feel bad that this is kind of like a throw, throw away at the end of the podcast, but it's okay to let it go if you need to let it go. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Like that, 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 at the end of the day, you know, again, not to get too philosophical, but it's like, you know, whether you believe in an afterlife or reincarnation or nothing at all, you know, this is at least your one shot at this particular ride. Uh-huh. Make it enjoyable. Right. Like, don't, don't keep, like, hammering yourself over something that, you know, if you don't even enjoy it anymore, then it's really just not worth it. So there's, as much as, like, we're promulgating, word of the week, promulgating. Promulgating. As much as we're promulgating, you know, don't quit, like, trust the process, like, at Pyrrhic victory, you either win or you learn, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. Um, there is also, like, value in, in putting something to rest when it no longer brings you any value, whether that's happiness, whether that's, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I gave up today, I could say I made a movie. You know, it was enjoyed by an audience. True. Uh, not a lot of people can say that they've done that. But a lot of people can say that they've made a movie, but I don't know what kind of experience they've had with their... right. I made a movie and nobody ever saw it ever and I never even, right. you know, whatever. 
everyone hit, no one talked to me after we made that movie. I don't. Yeah. I think I have a little bit of that, but not. <laughs> but not from a, a negative experience. But. Right. Right. Either way, if you're in a slump, if you're at the bottom of the first dip on your roller coaster, if you're in a crisis of meaning, you know you can crash and burn, or you can learn from your crisis and be more informed on the next step in your spiral upward or I don't know which way your spiral is going my, my, but yeah I mean I guess that's an individual thing but hopefully your spiral is going up, uh, upwards Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.